Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The Apostle Paul, after his strong rebuke and dealing with the Corinthians in his first letter, had good reason to visit the city at his first opportunity. It would have given him the chance to answer firsthand any misunderstandings and to soothe any lingering stinging from his rebuke. In the realm of public relations or human wisdom, he surely would have taken this way. But Paul's living was not directed by such things as PR and human wisdom. And though he was criticized by some of the Corinthians for delaying his coming after he told them of his desire to come, we see the real reason for the delay. The reason was the Lord Jesus himself. And Paul's first concern, which was to live not just a godly life, but to live Christ, to live in perfect oneness with him. This is the pattern that Paul became, not just to the Corinthians, but to all of us. Bob Danker has joined us for our fellowship today. From the Life Study of Second Corinthians, we see quite a pattern, don't we, Bob, in this book? We sure do, Chris, and I'm very happy that you mentioned this matter of Paul being a pattern. When we read Second Corinthians and we see what kind of person Paul was and how he lived, we may think that we could never uh, live like that. But actually, in this uh, portion that we're going to cover uh, in this broadcast, there's an encouraging word here that indicates that we can participate in the same grace, the same anointing mm-hmm. that Paul enjoyed to become the same kind of person that Paul was. And this is all for the church. Bob, this portion in chapter 1, verse 15 today, beginning at that point, it's a little hard to follow unless people understand the context, and we try to give a little bit of the history here in our opening. But after this encounter with the Corinthians and all of their problems, and even they question him, they question his apostleship, they question so much about him after he had really had been their spiritual father and had birthed, in a sense, the church in Corinth. Then he speaks to them and tells them that he desires to come. But he delayed, and we find out today that the Lord himself, in his inner speaking to Paul, somewhat restrained him and held him from coming too quickly. And more criticism now comes to the apostle. And so he, in a sense, has to defend himself again in this portion. But what we see through all of this is a window into this one, as you said, living Christ and just a living member in the body of Christ for the building up of the church. It is a tremendous thing what Paul said here. In a sense, the Corinthians were perhaps critical of Paul because he had told them that he was going to pass through Corinth and he delayed his coming. And in verse 17, Paul said, Did I then use fickleness? So this indicates that perhaps they thought he was a fickle person. But uh, actually, Paul did not give a defense here 
of his integrity. Right. He simply unveiled what kind of person he was, the way that he lived, as you said, Chris, as a living member of the body of Christ. I remember saying, and the portion we're at today is in chapter 1 of Second Corinthians, verses 15 through 22. And Bob, you just referred to verse 17. Let's pick up the reading at verse 18 and add those to the backdrop today. In verse 18, Paul says, But as God is faithful, our word toward you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you through us, through me, and Silvanus and Timothy, did not become yes and no, but our word has become yes in him. And we see the Apostle Paul living in absolute oneness with this person to the point that he could say that he was living Christ in Philippians. Let's join Witness Lee with our first portion today. Christ, the Son of God, is unchanging. Paul was one with this Christ. He was not only one with the faithful God, he was also one with the unchanging Christ. His intention to come to the Corinthians was resolved not by his human wisdom, but resolved with God and in Christ. This is a strong indication how Apostle Paul was absolutely living in Christ and in God, and how he was just one with God and with Christ. The first epistle shows us what God is after. God is after the people who live Christ and who are one with him. These kind of people eventually become the church. The church is a collective people who live Christ and who are one with God. This is on God's heart. And this is what God purposed in eternity. And this is, in brief, revealed in the first book. Then in the second book, he follows to show them he was one of these kind of people. He and his co-workers, all the apostles, were people living Christ and being one with God. Even in such a small thing, to make a decision to go to a place, he was one with God, and he resolved such a kind of intention with Christ. He didn't do it by himself. And he didn't have such an intention separately from God, apart from God. No, no, no. He was one with the faithful God and he lived the unchanging Christ.
Bob, throughout both of these books, but especially in this book of 2 Corinthians, we're now seeing the demonstration of what Paul was trying to bring them all to in the first book, because his very life became the demonstration of uh, such a person, doesn't it? And we see it again and again in all of the examples and the way he lived, and even whether to go to this place now or later, it was always not consulting his own thought, but consulting this person within him. That's right, Chris. Paul was laboring here to help the Corinthians to grow in the divine life and to become persons who did not live in themselves, with themselves as the source of their living, but who lived in God and lived in Christ. Persons who were one with God and who lived Christ. These kind of persons are the components of the church, and the church is God's heart's desire. Paul was endeavoring in his uh, writing to the Corinthians, in his uh, speaking to them, to bring them to a higher level in their Christian life than the level that they were at. They were too low. They were fleshly. They were soulish. They did not live in their spirit. They did not live Christ. They lived themselves. And Paul was doing his best to show them the kind of life that they should live for the constituting of the church. The church is composed of persons who do not live in themselves, but who live in Christ, who live out Christ, and who are one with God. This is a marvelous word. This shows us that for the church, we all need to be these kind of persons, so that God can have the desire of his heart. And Paul himself, of course, presented himself to the Corinthians as a pattern. The way he lived, not purposing to visit them in his own human wisdom, Mm -hmm. according to his own fickleness, uh, saying yes one moment and saying no the next moment, but being one with the faithful God, the God who keeps his word, and one with the unchanging Christ, the Christ who never changes. Paul was living this kind of life for the church, and presenting himself as a pattern to the Corinthians and to all of us. God needs these kind of people in order for him to have the reality of the church that he purposed to have from eternity past. We all have to become such persons. We'll see as we go on in this book, there are more examples. We have this one where his selecting the right time, not according to his own feeling, but according to the feeling of the faithful God and the unchanging Christ within him. Then in chapter 2, there's an example where Paul tells of having an opportunity, a door opened for him. We'll see in a message later this week. Door opened to him by the Lord, but he chose not to go through the door because his inward condition, there was no rest in his spirit, he said, because he didn't have Titus, his brother. Uh, Another example comes up also uh, in chapter 2 of Paul forgiving a certain brother. But he did it, he says, in the face of Jesus. In other words, uh, reading the Lord's own feeling in the matter. So time after time, we see this example really displaying this kind of living, don't we? It's remarkable, Chris. Paul's living was just Christ living within him, living in him. And Paul, as a believer, lived Christ out in his daily life. He and Christ were one. They were organically joined They were one spirit, and they lived together as one person. It brings us to, I think, perhaps the key verse in this whole segment. Verse 21, 
shows us that Paul was able to live such a life, not because he was a great, mighty, spiritual person, but he lived it even by and through and in the strength of the Christ within him. Verse 21, But the one who firmly attaches us with you unto Christ and has anointed us is God, the source of this kind of life. Tremendous, isn't it? Tremendous, Chris. All right, here's Witness Lee once more. Verse 21. Here's the word but. In the preceding verses, Paul indicated that he was one with the faithful God and that he lived the unchanging Christ. Wonderful. What other thing can be better than this? Why Paul need a but in the following verse? But. Why he uses but here? Why? Because even his being one with God, even his living Christ, even such a thing was not by himself. <laughs> even to be one with God was not by himself. Even to live Christ it was not by himself. Yes, I am one with God. Yes, I live Christ. But he who firmly attaches us with you unto Christ and has anointed us is God. It is of God to be one with God, to live Christ. It is not of me, but of God. I have no boast. He did say, our boasting is this. But eventually, he said, but. We have nothing to boast of. If we have, that must be God himself. It's not by myself that I am one with God. It's not by myself or of myself that I live Christ, but of God. But it is God. It is God. Bob, it seems uh, no matter what level we examine Paul, whether we examine him as this great learned one, this one with a rich religious pedigree in his previous life, or as the mighty apostle or the one who worked miracles and all manner of things and raised up so many churches, you would think he would have an endless list of things about which he could boast. But he had no boast apart from his attachment unto the anointed one. How do we sort that out? Paul realized, as he said in another place, that he was the chief of all the sinners. He was less than the least of all the saints. In himself, he was not a great person. He was a sinner. <laughs> he was a persecutor of the church. Yeah. How could such a person be transformed to be a person who was one with God and who lived Christ for the church? How could such a transformation take place? We cannot give the credit to Paul. We have to give the credit to God. Paul was transformed because he was attached or joined by God to Christ as the anointed one. And because he was attached to Christ as the anointed one, he was spontaneously anointed yeah. with Christ. So he shared 
the anointing with Christ. And of course, the anointing here is the moving of an ointment. When you apply an ointment, yes. you anoint. Uh-huh. So here we have the picture of the Spirit, the all-inclusive, life-giving Spirit as the compound ointment. And Paul, as one who was attached to Christ, enjoyed the anointing of this marvelous ointment. And through this anointing, all the elements of the triune God were anointed into his very being so that he became a different person. He became a person who was saturated, permeated, and soaked with God. So he became a transformed person, a person who is one with God. Essentially, in his constitution, he was filled with God, filled with Christ. So he then could live a kind of life that he lived, a life that is one with God and a life that expresses this unchanging Christ. And Bob, the real encouragement, it's not just to hold up Paul and point out all of this in Paul. Uh, on the one hand, because as you pointed out early in the program, the tendency is for us to say, well, that's fine, that's the Apostle Paul, but what about me? But there's a couple of words here in this verse that I think we dare not overlook, because this is the source of the real encouragement. It says, the one who firmly attaches us with you unto Christ. And that you is the collective you, isn't it, Bob? That's the us you. That's right, that's all of us. All of us, as believers in Christ, have been attached to him as the anointed one by God. God did this. And now, as we exercise our spirit to contact this wonderful Christ who lives within us, then he anoints us with what he is. And this causes us to have a real change in our inner being and makes us the kind of person that Paul was. So the same attachment, the same anointing, it's all our portion as well. We have this very, very same opportunity, possibility that Paul had. Tremendous. Tremendous. And Bob, not only is it the same attachment, the same anointing, it's the same spirit. And we find out in verse 22 that it's the spirit that has sealed us and that we have in our hearts as a pledge. Let's go back to Witness Lee for our final segment. My... 21 through 22. These two verses are not only too profound, they are too deep. Here, Paul says, God attaches us with you. God has attached us, the apostles, with all the believers unto Christ. God attaches us with you unto the anointed one. This is the anglicized proper noun of the Greek word Christo. And Christo means the anointed one. In the whole universe, there is one who is the anointed one. He is full of the anointing. He is full of the ointment. He is the anointed one. Now, hallelujah. God attaches us, the apostles, with all the believers. Into what? Not into the heavens. Not into the angels. Not into God himself. 
but until the anointed way. Amen. So what? So, as we open the tap, I tie to him, oh, the oil flows, flows through all of us. Now, not only so, who has also sealed us? The anointing implies the sealing. When you are under the anointing, you are fully under the ointment, that ointment, that anointing, is a silly, making you different from all the others, and making you to bear the appearance of God. Then it says what? And given us the pledge of the Spirit in our heart. The anointing, the sealing, the pledging. These three things are really one thing. Hallelujah. We got the essence, and we got the image, and we got the guarantee. All the three are just the process God who is now the Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, we got anointed. Oh, we got sealed. And we have the plan. So we are one with the faithful God. So we live, and we are qualified to live. We are equipped to live, and we are capable to live Christ. Bob, we only have a couple of minutes left to touch these three great points, the anointing, the sealing, and the pledging, all one thing, and all by virtue of our being attached to this one, this anointed one, the Christ. This is a marvelous enjoyment that we have as those who are attached to Christ. Actually, the anointing brings into our inner being the very essence of God himself. It mingles God with us inwardly. And the sealing forms this essence into an image so that we, the believers, bear the very image of God. And then the pledging, of course, is a guarantee, a down payment, a foretaste of God himself, who is our eternal inheritance. So by our enjoying this wonderful anointing with the sealing and the pledging, this is our equipment, this is our capacity to live the kind of life that Paul lived, a life that is one with the faithful God and that lives out the unchanging Christ, the very life that we should live as members of the church. We can live such a life, not in ourselves and not from ourselves, but because of this attachment to the Anointed One, to Christ, the unique Anointed One in the whole universe. And because of this anointing, the moving of the Spirit within our spirit, day by day, moment by moment, that imparts God's essence into our inner being and also causes us to bear the image of God as signified by the seal yeah. and also gives us the foretaste of the full taste of God himself as our eternal inheritance. This is a marvelous matter. As you say, Chris, we could have one or two broadcasts on these three things. Oh, yeah. Uh, they are marvelous. But the main point here is that 
this kind of experience will make us persons like Paul, who are real members of the church as the body of Christ. Because the equipment is the very same. I was talking to a a dear believer on the phone uh, today, and she reminded me of something I've heard before. God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. And this is the equipment, isn't it, to live such a life? It's tremendous. What equipment this is. I would say we should all say hallelujah, as (laughs) Witness Lee did and those who were listening to him. They were full of joy. We should be full of joy also because of what we have as those who are attached to Christ. Oh, if I think all of those listening who have tapped into what was uh, opened up today have the sensation that we've been more than encouraged. I think we've all been given a handle today to enter into such a kind of life, living Christ, manifesting, expressing Christ, and being built up the body of Christ. Bob, always a, a real joy and a privilege to have you in our studio, and hope you'll come again soon as we continue on in Second Corinthians. I look forward to the next time, Chris. Well, we have two volumes set. The Life Study of Second Corinthians is available. If you'd like to contact us and get a hold of these volumes early on in this Life Study of Second Corinthians, you can call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. 888-543-3788 or send an email to radio at lsm.org We hope you'll be able to join us again tomorrow. For Bob Danker today, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. We have these recorded studies on every book of the Bible, available to you online, free of charge. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. You can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or add them to your podcast subscriptions, all at no charge. Once more, the website, lsmradio.com. To contact us, send email to radio at lsm.org or call us at one triple eight life study that's 888-543-3788 thanks for listening today